0: Hey listeners, welcome back to the next episode of Ladies First, your podcast featuring truly amazing and inspiring women. It's Alina here, and today I'm with Lisa Mandemaker, a Dutch designer of a prototype artificial womb for extremely premature babies. She was also featured on the BBC's list of 100 inspiring and influential women from around the world. So thank you for being with us today. Um, I'm really excited to hear about what you do. So can you start by explaining a little bit more about what you do? Hi. Thank you for having me. Um I'm excited to be here too.
1: Um yeah, so um sorry, what was your first question?
0: <laughs> it's more about, you know, you know what you do and and what your day-to-day work life is like. Uh yeah, so I'm a uh designer working
1: uh like Uh, I work as a speculative designer and a social designer. Um, Well, my day-to-day work is basically uh, working on my studio, working on different projects at the moment. And they are all about uh, designing future scenarios. Uh, But I do base them around uh, science that's been done by scientists. um, So that it's kind of... um, contestable in a way, because usually a lot of speculative design is um, kind of far future um, thinking and design for futures that are like a long time ahead. Uh, But I like to design for more for the near future. So how did you get involved with this? Um, So I have a background in product design. um, And this was like a long... It was a long kind of uh, way of finding out that I like to do this, but it was always important for me um, that the, uh, the product that I was working on, that it had a story. I think in this time being a product designer, you have to think about like, why am I designing something that we have plenty of? already like why do I need to design a new chair for example Um, so I wanted to think about products um, that we needed in a in a different way Uh, but it took me a while to find out that I could um, think about stuff that is not even there yet Um, and I think it was in uh, my graduation year of my BA that I came across Um, this way of working which is called speculative design and this is um coined by two designers um called anthony dunn and fiona raby they came um uh yeah they wrote this whole book it's called speculative everything that's kind of my bible and i've learned a lot about it uh a lot from it um and uh, yeah, that's how I learned of this new way of using kind of storytelling and fiction and science and combine them Together with product design and to do this type of projects um, Yeah, and then oh, yeah, and they were teaching at the Royal College of Art in London. So that's why I wanted to go there Um so uh, That's uh, yeah, I went there, but unfortunately just before I started the uh, the course the cor- they quit <laughs> that was uh that was really awful so then I changed um, uh, courses and I did a master's degree in uh, design products but I still had this uh, had my own kind of idea what I wanted to do within this uh, within this field so yeah I kind of um, researched it on my own and yeah kind of learned all
0: these things. Wow, that's really cool. So, you know, if you had to choose, you know, what or who do you think has influenced your work the most? Um, who has influenced
1: my work the most? Well, yeah, I guess that should be Anthony Dunn you're Fiona Raby. Um, I think also um, the studio that I worked with uh, to In creating this uh, artificial womb prototype uh, the, the studio is called Next Nature Network. Um, I followed them for years already because I really like their work um, and when I got the opportunity to work with them on this prototype, uh, yeah, that was just really great and I think everything just came together at the right time in the in the in the right manner so yeah, and that kind of changed so much for me. In like the last few years that I was able to work with them. So you work with the team. Yeah, I worked with the team. Um, yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's weird way of how how it was set up. So Next Nature Network uh, that that's a studio based in Amsterdam. Uh, they do a lot of research into different kind of futures, um, and one of them was this reproductive future. Uh, so they were doing research on ectogenesis which is uh, having a pregnancy completely outside of the body and all these like weird things that these sci-fi things Um, and then um, I think somehow they got in touch with scientists that are working on an actual working uh, artificial womb in a hospital in uh, Eindhoven in the Netherlands Uh, this is called the Maxima Medical Center and then there was the possibility to show their work or find a way to show the work the scientists were doing. Um, and they needed a designer to do that, to visualize it. And then I saw that they were looking for a designer and I was like, yay, I wanna do that. Um, so that's how it kind of started. So yeah, it was different, different partners and different people um, that were involved.
0: So, is there an actual working prototype yet? Um, no.
1: Uh, there's only, a, the, the only working thing was, maybe you've come across it, it's a, um, uh, it's a little lamb in a plastic bag. Um, a scientist at the Philadelphia Children's Hospital managed to um, create this environment for a premature lamb. Uh, to grow into like um, a healthy baby lamb and then put it onto the earth uh, using this artificial womb. Um, So this was the first test that actually worked and that this was in 2017 and there's different scientists all around the world that are working on the different challenges um, that are involved by making this working prototype for, um, for like a working artificial womb for humans. And at the Moxman Medical Center, they're already pretty far with making an actual functional one. And I think they're aiming um, to have a, a functional one to test on uh, human babies uh, in five, within five years, I think.
0: Oh, wow. That's yeah, really cool. So how would you say, you know, has, has COVID affected you a lot in terms of your work?
1: um yes uh yeah it's been a weird here. um i think a lot of my work is so if i take the the artificial boom uh prototype as an example this is an installation that we present in like uh, on events and um in exhibition spaces <laughs> right with a lot of people so that can that people can interact with the um, um uh, with the installation, and we can talk to them and hear about their opinions and their fears about it, but yeah, all these events got cancelled. Um, so yeah, it's been quiet.
0: <laughs> so what would you say are the major controversies in in your line of work?
1: Um, yeah if um if it's about the artificial womb, I think uh what's difficult because i look at it from a designer perspective um so i am kind of pushing and provoking all these ideas that we could do with um artificial wombs or um because i want people to think about um their values in life and if a technology like that is uh becomes part of our daily life We kind of need to think about the rules um, such technology should have before it enters our life. And um, I think a prototype like that can really help. But also I have to ask like really kind of um, difficult questions to people. And sometimes they take it really the the wrong way that I'm really pro like... Um, having the full pregnancy outside of the body I just want people to think about like oh these boundaries are coming closer to each other because if we have this um, possibility to use an artificial womb for premature babies um, we can use them uh, from 24 weeks so if they're born at 24 weeks we can put them in the um, in the artificial womb on the other side, with IVF, we can um, have the egg and the like the embryos, we could keep them alive um, longer and longer, but there is this boundary that we can't keep them alive longer than two weeks. But if that boundary changes, you can imagine that it can just, um, uh, in the future, it will, those boundaries will come closer together. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right, right. So if somebody does take, you know, something you're saying the wrong way, you know, how do you kind of overcome that or be around that? Um, I think the first time that happened, it took me like a
1: half a day or something. I was really, I got like a, my first hate email um, and I was like, oh OK, um, I think because in the first year that we presented this artificial womb, it was it was so much about like saving premature babies and everyone is kind of really happy that if we can like save these babies. But then in the next year, this more um, provocative side became part of the debate. Um and I was kind of part of that part of the debate, uh, so there was there were a lot of women that got like pretty angry with me, um, so they started to send me emails, and um, I didn't expect that because everyone was so positive the year before, um, so yeah, first I took it very personally, but later on I was like, yeah, I really get what what you're co- where you're coming from, and I think it's really important that you show that this is too far for you. Um, and I really want to know that, but you don't have to attack me personally. Right. You just have to be aware of this technology, right? So yeah, I'm happy that you show that you're disagreeing with all this. But yeah, l- yeah, some people just have to uh, do that in, a, in another way and not like emailing me angry.
0: <laughs> right, that, that's probably really hard for you.
1: Yeah, sometimes it is, but um, yeah, it's part of it, I think.
0: <laughs> right, it comes with it. So kind of on the opposite side of this, you know, if you had to pick one thing, you know, what would your favorite part about what you do be?
1: My favorite part, um, I think just to uh, the design process in visualizing it, um, I think that's really fun it's also the really hard part. I I remember standing in front of these like red balloons and it was just the red balloons. And I was like, I don't know, what is this? Um, and then you kind of come into this like really stressy mode because you know, you're going to exhibit this and it has to make sense. Um, but then if you get into that state of mind and you're like, no, Oh yes, we need to do it like this. And then, uh and then it just appears that's really great and like when everything comes together that's the best that's the best part i
0: think yeah i can only imagine how like yeah. rewarding that feels too yeah definitely so i always ask at the end if you could give one piece of advice you know more specifically to the young female listeners what would that piece of advice be
1: oh oh i should have prepared this um I think um, my advice would be. Oh, I have so many things that I think about now. <laughs> um, Share them all. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, the first thing that I'm, I'm thinking about is like is uh, time because I was always so rushed with things, um, and I had to like finish it in uh, like uh, my degree in time. I had to do it in 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 that amount of time, and then. Otherwise it didn't make sense or I didn't like succeed. But if you take a little bit more time, it's okay. <laughs> um you can just um yeah, maybe th- this sounds really weird, <laughs> but um yeah, speed is not um the most important thing. Velocity, that's the better. You um yeah, you need to know your direction and how fast you get there um doesn't really matter. I think
0: that's it. It's like um yeah. I've, I've, some people have told me that and, and I actually really think that's an important thing. I think it kind of goes along with everything in life. Yeah. Taking yeah. your time and, and putting more work into it. Yeah. Always more important. So thank you for being with us and, and for sharing about your journey. It was really a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. This of is course, really fun. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, and again, thank you. Your work is, is really cool. So I really loved getting to hear about it. Um, so this is Alina Peary and tune in next time for another special guest.